0: That reading of his word. Well, I want to think devotionally tonight for just a short time before we come to prayer to this seventh letter to the church of Laodicea. What a challenging statement is made here in verse 16. You are lukewarm. I don't know whether you like tea. If you're in America, largely speaking, on the East Coast, you have your tea hot. If you live on the West Coast, you have it iced. It's either hot or it's cold, not in between. I don't mind lukewarm tea, but some people find it abhorrent. And that's really what this is saying. You've got to be one thing or the other. Much better, you're not even a believer than that you're in that terrible position of being neither one thing nor the other, in between, lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Or the thought of this, the Word of God, in many places it tells us, consider your ways, think about your life today, spiritually. Examine your own heart, it says elsewhere. So tonight, in this short time, using this letter and these verses 15 and 16 in Revelation chapter 3, I think it's right sometimes that we should do a spiritual temperature check. How is the patient? Are we cold or are we hot? Or worst of all, are we in between? Neither one thing or the other. We shouldn't do this too often. There are those that teach you should always be looking at your heart and examining yourself. That's introspection. It's not good. That's not helpful. It means that we take our eyes off Christ, and that's what we're called to do most of the time look to Christ, learn from Him, let Him be our example, learn from the Master. But occasionally, we need to look within. How are we doing spiritually? We have a number of teachers here, some at home tonight. It's that time of year you've been writing reports, making assessments of children, how they're doing, whether they're making progress. What about you and I tonight? How are we doing spiritually? Are we on that upward path, that spiritual journey, or are we a bit cold tonight? As the world got hold of us, this is what it says in verse 15, I know thy works. That's repeated in the previous letter, verse 8, that we read. Literally it means God examines your whole life and in one flash it's under the x-ray machine. That's a very liberal translation. But literally it means God knows everything about you. There is no secrets. We've considered in this week, nationally, the life of somebody who's been in the television for many, many years. And it's very clear, and he's not alone, there's been a double life. There's been two lives lived. The life that we thought and we wanted to believe doesn't appear to be The life that was always lived. How very tragic. As a pastor of you, and as those with us tonight, some visiting, I have to ask this question. The Lord knows your life, your works, your thoughts, your speech, your behaviour, your loves. Do you know them? Do I know my life? Honestly and openly. Well, let's look at the context. We mustn't dive in. This final letter, it's the hardest hitting. Of all the seven letters to the churches, it's the one that really packs a punch. The church at Laodicea, you may remember when we were looking at the church at Colossae, there is that valley east of Ephesus. And when the three churches there, Colossae, Hierapolis and Laodicea. And there was to be a circular letter, the letter to the Colossians, it was to be circulated to that those three churches. And so here is this Laodicean church, a place known for politics and commerce. That's what it was famous for. And the letter comes probably some years after the letter to the Colossians that was to be read by them. and Look what it says here. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. He speaks to them and he describes himself in verse 14 as the Amen. What does that mean? The final word, the final authority. When we say Amen, which we should do, It means, I agree, is this the Trinity speaking, giving an analysis of the Laodicean believers? He goes on to say, this account is faithful. That's one of the words naming Christ, the faithful, the true witness. Well, I want to hear that tonight. I want to hear the final authority, I want to know what God thinks of my life tonight, this evening. The Amen, the faithful and the true witness. And thirdly, the beginning of the creation of God. This is Christ speaking to the seven churches independently. And he says these words, I know thy works. I know your whole life. And I know it like that. I know everything about you. Don't hide, no secrets, no pretending. I know thy works. Now there is another way to look at these seven letters, as with many parts of the Word of God, there's several meanings. There isn't just the literal meaning of the time. There was a letter to the church at Laodicea, but we also look at these seven churches as possibly representing seven periods of time. And if that's the case, which many believe, the final letter means we're in that time now. A time of conspicuous evil. Look what they said in this era, in this period. Verse 17, I am rich I don't need God. I'm comfortable. I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing. This is speaking about materialism, isn't it? This is speaking about the Western world, maybe, where we think we've gone beyond God. What a mess that gets us into. don't like to keep mentioning what's happened in the last few days, but... Just look what happens when you throw the law of God out the window. The law of God is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You throw out God's laws. You say, I'm rich, I'm well paid, I've got much goods. I have need of nothing. I don't need God. I don't need his commandments. I don't need his word. I don't need his ways. You will end up in a terrible mess. And that's where we are as a nation in the Western world. We are in the Laodicean Age. Maybe, probably, the final age. Materialism. The God that we have invented. An idol of self, an idol of stuff, an idol of our own making. And it has a terrible effect. So let's look tonight. Just one more verse, and then I want to come to application devotionally. Verse 18, does this sound familiar? I counsel thee, this is slightly ironic, to buy of me gold tried in the fire. They're so wealthy, and yet they're saying you need to buy gold. No, isn't this speaking of Isaiah's prophecy and he says come by without money without price that which is choice gold what's gold it's Christ isn't it it's Christ it's his word it's his truth it's his laws it's been tested and tested and tested in the fire And it says, let's ignore your riches, come to me. I counsel you, I urge you, come buy of me. You can't buy it. What it means is give up everything else and come and buy Christ without money, a price that you can't afford, and you will be rich. This is a picture of conversion, is it not? a white raiment, you've been made pure and washed, that you might be clothed. This is the Christian. All the sin taken away, the shame and the nakedness no longer appear. No more guilt for that double life, the secret sins, and your eyes anointed with eye salve. That's what the Lord Jesus did, didn't he, to the man who was blind, He took the dust, put it on the eyes, that you may see. This Laodicean church, it was full of unbelievers. They loved stuff and self and things. And the letter is repent, turn. You're neither hot nor cold. You're in the church, but you're not of it. The nominal Majority that go to church in this land, and through this letter it says, Come by. Well, I want to ask some questions tonight, and I ask these as much of myself. Seven tests for lukewarmness. Could this be us? The first one I take most of these from these verses Am I more comfortable? with what I can see and touch. And my house and everything that I've bought, my heart should be taken up with the things I can't see, I can't touch. The things of eternity and not of time. First test. Am I comfortable with material things? That was the Laodiceans. Secondly, Am I proud and arrogant? Is there some pride in my heart about something I've done, something I've accumulated, something I've achieved? That was the Laodiceans. They said, I am rich. Look at my life up until now. I've been well paid or I've done this and done that. The third test, am I concerned chiefly For God's truth. If I was hot, if I was all out for Christ, I would love his word. I would defend his word. I would meditate upon his word. Day and night when I wake in the night, God's word would be in my heart. If somebody argued with me and said, I don't believe that, I would say, no, God's word says. That's what you do if you're hot. Fourthly, Maybe this is the first one. Is there an insensitivity to sin? I don't feel my sin as once I did. I can tell a half-truth. I can cut corners. I can have a double life. I can do things online. I don't feel it anymore. My standards are no longer God's standards. I've lowered them. I've let things slip. I'm neither hot nor cold. The fifth one Do I no longer live with a nearness to Christ's return? Do you know every Christian should be desiring, praying, yearning, and living in the light of the fact that Christ is coming again? And for us, the sooner the better. We say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We don't have big plans. It doesn't really matter. We have to live, we have to work, yes. But we would much rather live against that day when the Lord comes again. Sixthly, do I have an urgency for salvation? Do I live as though today is the day For myself, if I don't know the Lord, and for those round about me, my relatives, my family, my friends, my loved ones, if we lived against that day, salvation would be the most important thing in our life. We would do all we can. That doesn't mean go and tell people they're going to hell, but it means to live against that day, Christ's return, salvation, being right with God, they're absolutely the top of the list in our lives. We would give out tracts, give out Bibles, look out for an opportunity to speak well of Christ. And the final one is this. Where is my love for Christ? Do I devote my life to him? Is my life organised around Christ as the ruling principle of my life? Would I rather speak about other things? Do you know if we had a prayer meeting that was hot? What a difference it would make. Sometimes we have prayer meetings, I go home, my heart is so warmed and I get messages from people and they say, Oh, that was a prayer meeting indeed. Oh, I so was blessed by that brother leading us in prayer. What a help. Keep the prayer meeting at white hot heat. That's what Spurgeon said to his church when he was very sick and away from them for a period of time. Keep the prayer meeting at white hot heat. Let me read this verse again. I know thy works. I know your whole life that thou art neither cold nor hot. Would be better that you were cold outside, that you knew you were an unbeliever, than to be in the church one foot and in the world one foot. Oh, may this search us. So then, verse 16, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out. These are horrible words. They're designed to jolt. They're designed to say, look at your life and see where you are. How are you doing before the Lord? How am I doing? Am I hot or am I cold? Well, may the Lord help us tonight with these thoughts. We're going to sing our second hymn.